Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Aye? You'll find out in VG247's podcast. Here, what's the best game where you swing from a rope? And what's the best game where you battle the pole? Like I said, you will find out in this podcast. Uh, hello and welcome to VG247's Best Games Ever podcast, where we attempt to find the best game within an extremely specific category that uh, Tom's made up. Uh, I suggested a category for this episode, and Tom uh, resoundingly rejected it uh, in favour of one he thought of. So uh, if he thinks that's a strategy to win, he's got another thing coming. <laughs> uh, I'm joined today, of course, by Tom Ory, Associate Editor Alex, Hello. and uh, Connor Macker, the staff writer, the staff writer, the only one. We're just going to get right into it today because I didn't write an intro because I didn't have time. I've been caught with my pants down. Uh, so first of all, Tom actually lobbied to go first last week because I had to do. My, I wanted to make sure. If you haven't listened to it, I'm sorry, but I had to have my little story, the ruse about Snake, right? And I didn't want. I wanted. I wanted to make sure no one had already said Snake because it would have ruined it. That is true. That is yeah. true. But you could have. You could have. I mean, in the back channels where you asked me to go first to put mm. you first. Because you have the power to do that as my boss who can fire me. But also, uh, you also have the power to just ask if anyone else has picked Snake and I could have told you. Yeah, but that ruins it. I don't want to ruin the the game. Uh, It's not likely that anyone would have picked Snake as well because, like, Connor is, like, 15, so he doesn't remember having a Nokia. Um, I mean, the Snake was the only game I remember playing for years on a phone, so I could have picked it anyway. That was last week, Jim. If you're really old, you remember Snake as Light Cycles, innit, on the Amiga... That's that's what it was based on, wasn't it? Yeah, that's before my time now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, had a 3210 exactly. though, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. The classic. What classic. Is that? I mean, it's still around as like basically a drug they dealer phone, it. isn't it? They relaunched the 3210. But yeah. why are we talking about phones again? Let's move <laughs> off phones. <laughs> I'm trying to think of I'm just I'm desperate to think of I had a 3210 and then I just remember at the skate park, like there was a particular upgrade from that that was like the the people who went, the kids who had it, it was like, whoa. Hmm. Is it like an incremental, like 3215 with a color screen or something? It definitely had a color screen. It definitely had a color screen for sure. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, it was like kids turned up with that and you were like, wow, your parents are loaded. Yeah, if you had a color screen in the 90s on your mobile phone, it was like some absolutely dog shit 16 color thing that could, and I speak from personal experience barely render an image of Babylon 5 <laughs> to the point where it was recognisable. My holy grail yeah. in those days was, you know, do you remember Nokia made for real? Yeah. The Matrix. Matrix. My, friend, my friend had one. Yeah, he was the kid that had one when I was at college. He walked in walked yes. one day and did that thing where he slid down the, oh. the bottom. He's like, See, what on get. one hand, I'm like, that's so cool. The, the, the sliding thing on the phone. On the other hand, I'm like, that is so cringe and I'm so glad mm. I don't have a memory of me cutting about with the Matrix phone. Mm. What year was this? Well, whenever the Matrix came out, like... This would have been 1992, maybe. I think it's earlier than that. I reckon it well, was the, like... the original Matrix was 99, but yeah. the, the tie-in phone was for Reloaded and Reloaded would have been 2001 or 2002, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. Yeah. Little impromptu discussion about uh, classic mobile phones there mm. for the uh, f- for the for the haters. See, we should um, we should have subscribers. Really, that could have been a subscriber bonus. <laughs> <laughs> 
that could have been a Patreon bonus. Yeah. Um, just like just like horrendous, like throwaway rubbish content that people pay an extra fifteen quid for. <laughs> That's the business plan, Tom. Write that down. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, this week we're gonna go Donaldson first. What is your game? Uh, that that dead franchise that if it came back you would buy an entire new console for so really what i'm choosing here is i'm I'm choosing a game and i'm choosing my favorite series within that sphere but really i'm talking about a whole genre so the game that i'm picking is time crisis um so the last time crisis was about eight years ago now so um, however the last one on console we're pushing 15 20 years now uh, uh 15 ps3 yeah probably 15 years um i guess the 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 whole thing that this is about is um this is a genre on the on the brink of extinction for yeah a couple of reasons so the first reason is i think it's important for people to understand the, the background and the reasons behind it so a large part of it is down to TVs. Mm, yeah. So um, the way that light gun games worked uh, in the 90s and earlier from Duck Hunt up to, you know, the PS2, Time Crisis, Virtua Cop, whatever, and original Xbox, House of the Dead, whatever, whatever. The way all those worked was in a, in a way that only actually is functional on CRT TVs due to the way those TVs work and are you know built and structured and the way their display refresh rate works and all that sort of stuff um so that's the first factor so the first factor is you can't make these games work in the same way on modern displays without dangling a bunch of shit off your tv so that's why when they did put out time crisis 4 on the ps3 they it came with a horrendous like appendage that you had to put around your tv and then you've got arcades of course and if you go and look at modern machines in arcades you might not notice but they have big bevels of bezels around the edge of the screen within those are hidden the cameras and stuff that you would have to dangle off your tv and that's how you have these arcade machines that function like the old machines that do work but whereas you know, if you have it at home, you might have one or maybe two. I think Time Crisis 3 shipped with... Time Crisis 4, rather, shipped with three... Uh, uh, this appendage that had three cameras and it was two on the top, one on the side, I think, if I remember correctly. But the arcade version of that game, there's like nine, ten cameras around the screen, which is why you get the accuracy. Um, but then they're dying out in the arcade too now because there's less and less arcades in the world. And in Japan especially... Um, a bit of a theme over the last two episodes, me talking about COVID, but loads of arcades have begun to close. Um, I have rescued a couple of machines from arcade closures in Japan and and, and and brought them over because, you know, I think, I, well, one, I wanted them to, I think these things need to be preserved. But there's a lot less. What happened with Time Crisis specifically is Namco did make another one after the last one that was on console, but they just didn't put it out on console because it was worth making one for the arcade business that probably isn't true anymore and yeah. it's very sad and so this doesn't just apply to time crisis it applies to um point blank another namco game it applies to house yeah. of the dead sega did do a house of the dead obviously they did that house of the dead um uh, they licensed house of the dead out for that remake 
that was made by Forever Entertainment, which did come out on recent consoles, but you play it with a mouse or with the controller, which just ain't the same. Um, and Sega did do a new House of the Dead quite recently, two years ago, but just as with Time Crisis 5, seven, eight years ago, they decided to just keep it in arcades. And so, yeah, if somebody could solve this problem and a machine came out and they were like, one of the things we're doing is we're releasing a light gun and we're bringing back light gun games, I would buy that machine. I would play out a lot of money for it. I would be happy for it. Um, And the technology is there, I want to say, if anyone from any game publishers are listening. There's (laughs) a guy not far from here, just up the road in Coventry, um, who has a company called Sinden. And the Sinden light gun is this new technology that he has proprietarily developed, um, which basically gives you the next best thing to the old light gun method that works on LCD displays without any sensors or anything, which is really interesting. And so really, if I was Namco, I would be getting in touch with that guy and licensing that technology and making a GunCon 4. Is it GunCon 4? Was it three? Was it was the last one? Yeah, I, I guess it would be GunCon 4, right? Um, and he does license his technology. So like Arcade 1UP, the uh, machine, the company that makes small mini arcade machines, they um, they have some light gun games now. They do, they've do they done like Terminator 2 and Big Buck Hunter. There's been rumors that they might do a Time Crisis machine, which if they do, that is the one where I will probably pay, you know, to have that. Um but yeah, uh, and they do it with the Sinden technology as well. They've licensed that. So the means is there, but it's just not on a large scale yet. The Sinden stuff is for nerds and hobbyists like me. I've got a couple of them and you can use them with retro consoles and stuff. So if you want to play uh, PS2 light gun games on a modern display, that's the way you can do it by buying one of those. Uh, but if someone licensed that technology and put it on a machine and bought back Time Crisis... I would be there day one. I would be in the inbox of the PR begging for pre-release code. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I would pay an extortionate price for it. Um, I miss Time Crisis. It's great. I mean, I say I miss Time Crisis. Some of the newer ones, uh, the Time Crisis 5, I have finished it in the arcades. <laughs> Don't think it's great. Um, but I would love to see a, a remaster of the first three, for instance, and I would just love for the uh, the light gun genre to come back. Had a brief renaissance on the Wii. I just want to say because I know someone will comment going, "Wow, it was on." There were loads of light gun way. games on, on the Wii, but it yeah. wasn't the same because pointer stuff, much the same as playing these yeah. games with a mouse on TV, is not the same as having the instant it's not reaction. The same. Um, it's not the same and and I know some people get annoyed at me for suggesting this but it's fucking true the Wii pointer had lag it wasn't one to one it has lag it's like it's definitely like five or six frames behind at least oh they had to like when they put like the House of the Dead uh, one and two out on Wii I I think they had to rebalance segments of the game because it was like it wouldn't have uh, it, it wouldn't have worked in yeah. terms of it would have been too difficult with the with the extra lag that was induced just by the nature of the machine. So if you could bring back light gun games improperly, if you could bring back Time Crisis improperly, I would pay a high price, and that is my pick. It's a good choice, I'd say. It's great. I, bought, yeah. I rebought a PlayStation for Time Crisis, mm. and Point Blank is one of my favourite games ever, probably on the PlayStation. And, and this is and the sad thing is 
there are these newer arcade like like I say, Time Crisis Five is is, is seven eight years old at this point, and mm. it does feel like if there was going to be another one, it would have happened by now. So I fear that Time Crisis is probably outright dead, uh, rather than just you know resting for for a little while. But um, point blank, they did quite recently in arcades a game that is it's called Point Blank x or point blank cross i don't know how they want to pronounce it but it's basically a hd remake of point blanks one and two so it's got all the mini games from one and two and beautiful new redrawn hd graphics but that will not get released at home and that is such a bummer yeah (laughs) the arcades i i want them to bring to the home the arcade games that you just shoot water at the screen <laughs> they're the only arcade games I play now because I have children and they like the games that are like fun, not just to get high score. So it's like shoot the zombies with the water cannon. They are quite good, to be fair. But I mean, I had a very, I had a big soft spot when I was growing up for, um, like, uh, you know, always on British seaside piers. Right, you would find those uh, infrared gun games where maybe it'd be you were shooting at pirate skeletons and stuff and if you shot them they'd stand up and fire a water pistol and it would hit you they're great they are yeah Yeah. i love those yeah i don't think i know a single person who doesn't love sort of like time crisis if you go to like a bowling alley or like an arcade or pier or whatever and you see that it's just such it's such a great time right this is the thing right and it's so sad like i namco i think you they could license that sindon tech get it running on PS5, Xbox Series, and Switch, um, and they could do a GunCon for, and just literally they could do HD remasters, or not even HD remasters, they could literally just package together and release Time Crisis 1, 2, 3, and Point Blank 1 and 2, and it would sell bucket loads. Bucket loads. What if they did? You know those you know those crappy mini consoles that Mike Diver goes on about all the time? <laughs> right? The... Um, like they've got like like twenty five Mega Drive games built into them, and only mm. three of them you actually would have played back in the day, and the rest of it's just whatever they could get out of the licensing cupboard at the back. Right? What if they did a mini console, a light gun mini console? That that, was could, that could be possible too. And I just in think the they shape need of to... a Disney television, you know the ones that were <laughs> yeah. shape like Minnie Mouse, the big pink things with the, with the mouse ears, and yeah. uh, and it had light gun games built in. It was like a proper like early nineties experience. Uh, you know, you could do it that way as well. Rather than release on console, you could literally just put out a, a best of like Namco's got enough light gun games because they've got like Ninja Assault and a few others too, where they could yeah. get together maybe 10, 12 games to go on one of those. And I would buy it for for, for a huge amount of money. And like I say, the Sindon guy has 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 fixed this problem. I mean it's it's an it's an interesting fix. So just decided go into the technical bit a little bit but basically what it does is it draws a border around the game so rather than the game being full screen it's slightly less than full screen with a border around it but then instead of just a sensor in the gun the gun has a a a very low lag camera in it so when the camera is pointed at the screen it can see the border and it can calculate where it's pointed based on what the border looks like. And all those calculations happen instantly. And it's got a minuscule amount of lag. It's That's amazing. Incredible. That sounds incredible. All right, cool. Um, well, we've got to move on because uh, otherwise we could just fill an entire podcast with like time crisis chat. Mm. Um, Connor, what have you got for us? My pick is 
Def Jam. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love, love Def Jam, Fight for New York so much. I love <laughs> that game so much. And it's dead. It's so, it's so tragically dead as well. For those who don't know, Def Jam, specifically Fight for New York, is a sort of like arena game where you either as your own creator character or as a real life rap musician, rapper, um, beat the piss out of other people um, in like fist fighting, like action, like it's a, it's a fighting game, basically. I'm trying to make my way around it, but it is what it is. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing game where you can play as like Snoop Dogg, who's called like Crow. And he has like, I think he does like Kung Fu in it or like karate or something. But it's brilliant. It's and it's all about sort of like beating each other up and building up like a super bar and doing these really outrageous special moves where you like skip rope people or like do like wrestling slams and like DDTs and stuff. Um, and it's dead of and dead. Uh, the Twitter account for it keeps on occasionally every year being like. Would you like to see another Def Jam game? Yes or no poll. And then nothing ever happens of that because I imagine a mad, a massive barrier for that game is just you have to obviously pay licensing rights or whatever to people for their appearances in the game. Mm. Um, it's brilliant. And I feel like enough time has passed since the last game, which I think was Def Jam Icon, which was bad. Um, in 2008, for there to be like a whole new, whole new cast of like, these sort of rappers that people know. And I think that, you know, it's, it's such an outrageous, just I like concept for a game where you can like, just pick up like a rapper you like, and then go do like martial arts on other people and like smash them into bars and <laughs> beat them up with pool cues. Um, I think that's such an outrageous idea for a game that like, uh, it should come back. And if it does, I would buy any console for it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I I don't usually like spending a whole lot of cash. But I, would, I would fork out. I would I would buy a new <laughs> Xbox for that. I think the thing I'd say is, in my mind, there's one of these games that is in particular excellent, mm. uh, which is Fight for New York. Mm. The other ones are kind of bad, the other ones yeah. are kind of mid, and that 361 is terrible. But I just remember like. Fight for New York is just so, so good, and like I, I'm, and I'm just I brought it up on Wikipedia. I'm just looking at it now. Like, Fight for New York has Flavor Flav in it, Ghostface Killer, yes. Ludacris, Method Man, Red Man. What uh, a fucking moment in time that was as well. Just a rhyme. It was just brilliant. You throw Danny Trejo in front of a train. If you did a Def Jam game now, like. 90% of the roster would be called Little Something. Little Kim was in was in Fight for New York, I remember. Lil Wayne, Lil yeah. Yachty. Lil Kim was in Fight for New York. <laughs> and uh, well, one thing I will say also is, the interesting thing about this one as a dead franchise is that Def Jam, the company, yeah. keeps talking about more games and keeps almost teasing more games. And they... And, and they tweet about it quite often. So literally, it's... as recently as two months ago, they tweeted which one would you want to see next and it was def jam fight for and it was like do you want atlanta los angeles chicago miami and it's and, the most frustrating thing in the world because they'll yeah. never ever ever do it but i they wonder keep teasing if those tweets people 
Well, I wonder if those tweets, in my opinion, I look at those tweets and I think either a deal is in place and we'll see if this actually comes to pass or Def Jam is doing those tweets almost as a way to drum up, up excitement to demonstrate to a game publisher slash developer because obviously they were, were they all EA or was some of them EA, some of them someone else? I think they were all EA. I'm fairly so sure. I wonder if they're trying to drum up attention for that. I don't know, but yeah. Mm. No, I, I wasn't a big fan of these games. Oh, they're great. I, I think they need they need to broaden the roster, like get the BGs in. <laughs> I mean, look, we we live in such a weird timeline now that Martha Stewart would be like a DL, an unlockable character, surely. Yeah. Um, Snoop Dogg was in Tekken. Don't forget. Yeah, he, he he did, he did the song for Tekken Tag Tournament too. He did knock him down. I met Snoop. That was the weirdest like E3 appointment of my life, where I went to interview uh, Harada uh, mm. from Tekken, mm. and he'd just been drinking tequila for half the <laughs> afternoon and was just proper sloshed. And so it was a drunk interview, and then I came out of the interview and bumped into Snoop Dogg and had a conversation with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Great day. Wonderful. What a, what a wonderful memory. E3 is magical. <laughs> E3 <laughs> is magical. The people you bump into, Michael Pactor outside a steakhouse, etc. Um, right. Well, I mean, f- fucking two incredible picks in a row. Uh, once again, this is going to be a very difficult conclusion for me to come to, but we haven't heard from Tom Ory yet. Mm. Uh and I love what you've picked, Tom. Do you? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. I, well, I love the fact that you've picked it because everyone's going to have an idea in their head of what you're going to pick. But yeah. The floor is yours. So, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the kind of launch, the, the, the game that you'd buy con- by the console seller was a big thing like years ago, right? I don't think it's as much a deal now. You kind of buy a you buy a PlayStation because it's got another Call of Duty on it or something. Or yeah, you, you buy a PS5 to play fucking PS4 games. Yeah, and like, and like the exclusives and everything else that are less of a thing and like launch games often just the same as what you had before, but with like HD or whatever. Yeah, it's all but fun. Back, back on like the PlayStation, I was 100% set on buying a Saturn, right? I was, I'd literally filled out, back in the day when you, there was no internet, I'd filled out a form for a shop called special reserve you get a magazine and you have a little form and you'd send it off with a check to buy stuff bizarre world that kind of can't believe it yeah it sounds to, awful that sounds, to, that sounds send, unreal that's how you bought things in this this uh games shop that was existed in my mind in just a catalog um and i'd filled it out like saturn uh a sega rally and i was going to cost me like almost a life's pocket money savings to that point but then i had a friend uh of the family who actually this same friend is the one that uh if you go back many episodes uh to the like dodgy dodgy game acquisition podcast (laughs) who worked at blockbuster and he let he lent us a playstation because they used to rent out consoles as well yeah they Um, did didn't they and he lent us a playstation with ridge racer and i was like i could not believe my eyes because i was like we, they were, I didn't been to many arcades, but because I didn't live in London, there weren't that many around, and I used to have a few near the, like the seaside and stuff. But no, no, no mega huge gaming arcades. But I had played Ridge Race. I was like, and I couldn't believe that I was playing that in my house. And even though, like, you look at it and compare it to the arcade game now, and you, it's not the mm-hmm. same clearly. But to my young eyes, it was like unbelievable. So I tore up my special reserve piece of paper, dramatically threw it in the bin and uh, bought a PlayStation. You know, the irony there, Tom, is is that 
you it was it was Ridge Racer and the arcade port of Ridge Racer. You made the right choice, mm. but it was Ridge Racer and the arcade port of Ridge Racer that convinced you. Mm. But in in arcade port terms, the Saturn has far more arcade accurate ports. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like the Saturn at the time, Daytona was a bit of a shit port. Like it was the first version anyway was a bit naff. The Ridge Racer felt much better as a as a game, and I was like, that was it, Ridge Racer. I loved it. I played it all the time. Bought multiple, but like back then, like 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 there was loads of Ridge Racers on the PlayStation. All of them were brilliant. Um, Type yeah. Four is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then PS2, Ridge Racer again, like Ridge Racer Five, I think was like the launch game, and it was again, it was I think it was a bit rushed. It was a launch game, but still, it was like a reason to get the PS2 Ridge Racer was like mm. a launch game. It's exclusive, exciting, new game only on the PS2, and then Ridge Racer obviously became bigger than just playstation it can get on everything pretty much eventually and then it just kind of just died like i can't remember what the last game was was it six or seven or i don't know what it was but it was on didn't they do like a weird and they've done enough was it like ridge racer survive or something and they've done like like some i'm sure they've done one on on, on ios like metal gear yeah you like (laughs) draw lines or something on the phone or so i can't remember it was but it was not good and ridge racer is like a classic like a bit like Alex's, like, classic arcade game in mm. the home. Ridge Racer was the arcade racing game. It is probably the best arcade racing series that was brilliant at home and now would have all the modern, like, online play, leaderboards, etc. I'm sure it did have back on in the PS3, um, but it hasn't been around for a long time. I feel like it's just sat there, like, they, waiting to come back. It's like there must there must be an audience of some degree wanting this game to come back um it's been missing for so long and i would of as a a launch like a game to buy a console for it's one of those that just Ooh. hasn't been around for so long that i'd be very excited much more excited than i would be for like like here's another entry in the series you played five times on the last generation and it comes out every year and it may be fine but like there's been no particularly this generation of consoles exciting kind of exclusive launch like games mm. barely exist right you get the very few um what have done so far and this doesn't even have to be exclusive but i just buy i would buy if, if it was on if i didn't have a console of certain type or it was i, I needed to i would buy it for a racer because it is in my mind that good that another one that um bandai namco just kind of sitting on doing very little with um but yeah that is it it's ridge racer um I think it's brilliant and definitely should come back. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's uh, it's it's beloved, isn't it? And and uh, to the point where they even tried to like the original Ridge Racer was even evoked to uh, try and sell PS3s. Yeah, I mean, if you, I'm not sure Quite if you disastrously. Played, I'm not sure if you've, everyone's played Ridge Racer, Ridge Racers, or on the PSP. But that is an amazing, like as a launch game. Isn't like, that a I, port of Ridge Racer Two? Right? Possi- Am I thinking possibly? Right? I can't remember exactly, but that that was like. I said this, I can't remember I said it recently, but seeing that on the PSP was almost like a Mario 64 moment for me because I we I had a 3DS and as like, because 3DS at the time, it's hard to, no, a DS, sorry. It's hard to, it's hard to think like, because you obviously the DS went on to be so huge and popular and basically turned like Nintendo's fortunes around. It was an amazing, amazing success for them. And then, but when I saw the PSP and Ridge Race, I was like, this has, this is going to destroy everything. It's like unbelievable. This existed on like, I remember a, a package arrived from, 
I can't remember, it was Play Asia or some one of those Japanese importers. And I was at university and it came at like 6.20 in the morning. And I was like, opened the door and I was like, it must get this Ridge Racer on it. It's unbelievable. Huh. But like, it's just, that is like a, an experience that you don't get often now. It was the greatest hits package, wasn't it? I just, mm. the PSP had that going on where there were a couple of franchises that sort of came to PSP and they basically like bundled together a bunch one. of content, yeah, from the previous games. Um, that same year, there was a Ridge Racer on DS as well, to be fair. But it, I think that was a, I think that was a port. I think that That's was a port of the good. N64 game. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I mean that it's just I think it has a an element of excitement around launches in particular Ridge Racer that, and it, when it's not there, you think where's Ridge Racer? Like, why are they not making a Ridge Racer game for this console? It is kind of a shame that you have like such a series that's like you know so famous like even like even i know what ridge racer is and kind of can say yeah that's a big deal even if i wasn't you know around back then um yeah it's kind of why do you think they're sitting on it like why is it just sat in the i guess it just didn't i might assume it didn't sell as well as they wanted it to that sucks but i mean the last one it's a series that feels like it just sort of petered out right Mm. yeah I think the last proper one was Ridge Racer Unbounded, which, which is not made, English. That was what I was getting at. That was made in the West. So mm. I don't know if it was this point where Namco had sort of lost the expertise in Japan if everybody had left to go to Polyphony or whatever. Um, because after they did Ridge Racer 7 and Ridge Racer 2 on PSP, so that's 2006. Yeah. After that, it was basically, <laughs> apart from a Vita game and a 3DS game on, for the launches of those respective machines... It was a bunch of mobile games and this one game that wasn't very good that was made in the West and it was made by the guys who made Flat Out. Is it Bugbear? Is it Bugbear yeah, made it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. That's a shame. A lot of rubbish. Um, the wiki page for Ridge Racer, the franchise, lists Xbox Series X as one of the platforms. That's got to be just because of backward compatibility, right? Yeah. So you can play Ridge Racer Unbounded right now. I suppose it must be that one, or possibly there was a, there were original Xbox ones as well. That was might. there. Okay, oh, that makes that, that makes a bit of sense. No, I mean this is completely irrelevant to the discussion, but I was just wondering: our uh, our racing our racing evolution in two thousand and three was the GameCube, PS two, and Xbox spin off of Ridge Racer. So it might be that one. Yeah, yeah, it sounds rubbish. All right, well. I was all about Rage Racer, man. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's the that is also a Rage Racer spinoff, isn't it? It's, and then it's it's weird because it is a spinoff, but also like the lady who's the Rage Racer mascot was first in that game and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's just all very convoluted. She's in the job centre now. <laughs> <laughs> that's dire. Um, right. Well, I've got to pick something. Uh, so we're going to play that jingle. You've all made it very difficult for me again, um, because uh, like I, like I I've got to be honest, right? I really like when we come to a conclusion on these things when there's a clear winner, and I can just be like, well, obviously, I mean, it's usually Sharif. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those yeah. ones, you know, like like recently when Sharif uh, picked the only game that actually fulfilled the requirements of the uh of the brief yeah um because it's very obvious and nobody can shout at me but in this one like like at least two people have got every right to Johnson shout advice at me. Johnson advice Jim. no absolutely not sure? absolutely not <laughs> 
because uh, you'll go off on one about how it should be you. Um, right. So uh, Ridge Race is a great pick. Def Jam also a great pick. One good uh, game. I mean, one good game. Probably. I mean, what one good game? But like, but what a what a game and what potential for a new one given, like, yes. the absolute madness that's happened uh, in in the hip hop world in the, in, in hip hop culture in the in the sort of in the years since. Um, like the the amount of like spin off characters and 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 nonsense that could go on in a potential sort of Def Jam, uh, at LA or whatever, uh, the the possibilities are incredible. But once again, gotta give it to Alex. I'm really what? like like is this, I, is this actually the decision? <laughs> like they yeah, have been here before. Look, 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 right. And I know that, like, we recorded last week's literally an hour ago, and and Connor and Tom have had to sit here while while Donaldson has won twice in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and the pair of you are probably thinking, "Oh, why the fuck do I even turn up to these things?" But like, look, listen, right? Donaldson's as Donaldson's pick because, and I think this is what edges it for me because it's a technology issue. It's not just that. The series has fallen out of favor. They stopped selling. Like Ridge Racer turned to dog shit, or like you know, Def Jam Vendetta is just the, the Def Jam games are just something that happened at a moment in time, and it's difficult to sort of imagine circumstances where that would come back. But with Time Crisis and games like Time Crisis, the barrier is like is technology, and and the sort of like the the actual technology people have in their homes has moved on. Those mm. things literally don't work anymore unless you can source a CRT or, or or come up with some mad nonsense solution that that, that you know nerds have come up with. So, you know the funny thing. You know the funny thing. Also, you know we're yeah. talking about. So I mentioned about your kids wanting to play the uh, the games with the water. Yeah, light gun games are one of the few arcade games from back in the day that still appeal in the same way to the youth of today if you would um like kids today don't really much as much as it pains me generally speaking want to sit down a candy cab and play street fighter or tekken they want because they because they they know and they understand they can do that at home. That yeah, sort yeah. of appeal of you go to the arcade to play games that look better than the ones at home and and have this miracle new graphics, miracle new systems has gone away now. Yeah, but which is why like you know Street Fighter Five and Street Street Fighter Four was a arcade game that they then ported to console. Street Fighter Five and Six Five didn't get its arcade version until three years in. And six, who knows if it'll ever get one. And yeah. but yeah. these are still games where the arcade stuff, the magic, is yeah. still there. Um, and that means again, that's why it would be a standout experience at home. But yeah, yeah, sad. Uh, it's tactile and it's intuitive. It's like you know, you sit down like with a steering wheel, or you sit down with like an actual physical gun, and you know how it works just instinctively because you're a person who exists in the world. Um, which uh, which is, is different to, to Street Fighter and things like that. So yeah, look, I think I think uh, Time Crisis is uh, it just edges it for me, just uh, just because of the circumstances of, of why it's gone away. It's it's purely down to down to the tech. And if something came back that employed tech that would make it viable for the home again, I think that would be really exciting. So Alex has done it. I'm afraid. I'm really sorry, Tom. I know uh, I'm going to get fired now. Mm-hmm. 
If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us get the word out. Uh, we're not just a podcast, of course. If you'd like to hear more from the team, then check out VG247.com for our fantastic news coverage, features, reviews, and game guides. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>